0: Welcome to King's River Life's Mystery Rats Maze podcast, where we share with you mystery short stories and first chapters of mystery novels read by local actors. Now, this episode features the first chapter of The Society. It's the first Elizabeth Grant thriller by C.G. Abbott, AKA Avery Daniels. It's read by local actor Arielle Lynn. The Society was published by Blazing Sword Publishing Limited in December of 2018.
1: It wasn't until her senses took in the ratty stuffed bear that sat on the white dresser, the white lace curtains that rustled from a whispered breeze, heavy with the scent of magnolias, and the chorus of many crickets that she remembered. She was in Mississippi, hundreds of miles away from her Denver apartment. Her grandparents' house. Well... "'Grandma's ever since gramps had passed a few years ago. "'Unease settled into the pit of her stomach, "'beyond what the vivid dream had produced. "'Loneliness assailed her and settled in her heart. "'Her first night back in Cyprus and her nightmares returned. "'I thought it was over all that.' "'Elizabeth took several deep breaths "'to steady her nerves and slow her breathing. "'Her muscles ached as she stood, "'legs like rubber and hands shaking.' The reoccurring dream always produced such a physical reaction. She knew from experience she wouldn't, couldn't fall back asleep after her fight or flight response had kicked into overdrive. She made her way downstairs with care at each step. Elizabeth grabbed the tea kettle before its shrill whistle could disturb the tranquility. She was accustomed to living with a roommate and being quiet. Hopefully, some tea would help calm her nerves and her nausea. Another physical result of the nightmares. She poured the water over her waiting tea bag in a mug. She rubbed her sore thigh and then rotated her aching shoulder from falling out of bed as the tea steeped. Her long chestnut hair was still disheveled, and her pallor made the sprinkling of freckles across her face and cheeks stand out. Her heart was approaching a normal rate. She settled into a worn chair in Grandma's living room, last decorated a few decades ago when brown and gold country fabric patterns with heavy oak touches were all the rage. The scent of lemon furniture polish clung in the air. She breathed deeply the steam from the tea and let her breath out slowly. The subdued light from one lamp created a cocoon of safety and comfort. Now that the adrenaline rush was fading, maybe she could get another hour or two of sleep after all. The nightmares would pass she had to face them head-on, like you would a bully. She took in the room, each knickknack and crocheted doily. She used to spend every summer with her grandma and grandpa. It was like a second home. Her first summer spent here, she was lonely, until she met Lorelei, a local girl in the park. She was only six, and Lorelei barely five then, and they had been like sisters from that moment. They were both raised by single moms and didn't know their dads. Elizabeth's life had changed in that instant in the park. Until seven years ago when it all changed again, all because she didn't come to visit over the summer. Her world shifted because of that simple decision. Lorelei, the closest thing to a sister she ever had, disappeared the summer she didn't come to visit. And worse, they had fought terribly only weeks before she vanished. Digging up old bones... Her life was moving along fine on the predictable path of school and eventually college when they had fought over Lorelai's brother, Jeremiah. She couldn't have known that would be the last time they would speak. The last memory of her would be words of anger. She took a sip of tea. Why had she started having the nightmares again? It had been over a year since the last one. But this was her first visit to Mississippi since the night Lorelai had gone missing. Maybe just returning was enough to start her night terrors again. Shouldn't it be ancient history and the nightmares long gone? Okay, she still felt guilty for not visiting that summer. As if she could have prevented whatever happened to Lorelai. She held out hope that her dearest friend had left town touring with a band or something and got out of Cyprus. One day her friend would call and share her adventures and she'd be happy. Nightmares were one thing, and even understandable. But seeing things? Visions or hallucinations was a whole different matter. The night Lorelai went missing was the night she swore she saw a vision of Lorelai in her bedroom in Denver, Colorado. An image of a beaten and bloody Lorelei who was physically in Cyprus, hundreds of miles away, appeared right there in her bedroom, frantically reaching out to her. Then, Elizabeth passed out. When she regained consciousness, her mother was holding her in her arms and dabbing her face with a cold washcloth. It was on Elizabeth's insistent pleading that her mother called Mrs. Sippy in the middle of the night to ask a groggy Mrs. Carter to put Lorelei on the phone. She remembered taking the phone, waiting for Lorelei to talk to her so she could get that image out of her mind only for Miss Carter to come back with ragged breaths and exclaim, she's not here, I can't find her. It was the instant that she had that vision of Lorelei which really changed her life, but she had seen her and was inconsolable for hours. So she was labeled fragile, oversensitive and overwrought. Being at grandma's was bringing it all back, digging up old bones no physical trace was ever found of Lorelei. Then the nightmares had started and hallucinations of Lorelei regularly over the last seven years. The nightmares terrified her, but the hallucinations, visions, whatever you called them, they left her doubting herself. She made the mistake of researching what could cause hallucinations and was convinced she had a brain tumor or something for the first year. Still, She told nobody about her continued visions. As far as everybody else knew, her mother included. The night Lorelei disappeared was the only time she experienced such a visual apparition, rather than the continual problem that plagued her still. She shook her head to dismiss such serious thoughts. It was disconcerting to be here again. She wasn't the same person who had run happily through the house. She rubbed her eyes and sipped at her tea clearing her mind. She stiffened when she heard a car pull into the driveway, every cell in her body listening. This wasn't Denver. People in rural Little Cyprus were asleep at this hour. Maybe some were doing chores on the surrounding farms, but nobody was out visiting in the wee hours of the morning. Barely audible footfalls on the veranda floorboards and a soft knocking at the door made her heart race. Just that quickly, the feeling of a secure cocoon vanished, replaced by dread. She scanned the shadows and saw Lorelei, forever sixteen like an animated photograph, motioning with a degree of urgency for her to go answer the door. She swallowed, shakily set her tea down, and stood up. Surely it's nothing. It'll be innocent, you'll see but she felt like she was on the very edge of a cliff and everything in her life was about to change again. She took a deep breath to calm herself and rolled her shoulders back, crossed the living room to the door, and slowly opened it. On the wide, white-painted veranda was an elderly black woman with her hand poised to knock again. She lowered her hand and smiled. It was a wide, genuine smile that made her eyes sparkle. In the illumination of the porch light, her coiffed white hair looked more like a halo. She wore a turquoise cotton dress, was of average height, but stood proudly and with composure. Another time and place, one might think she was Egyptian royalty. Hello, dear. I'm Madame Antoinette of Shreveport, Louisiana. You must be Elizabeth. I've been driving all night to talk to you, huh? Her voice was melodic. With a reserved southern drawl, she watched expectantly as Elizabeth blinked a few times. "'Ma'am, you're here to see me? At four-thirty in the morning? Are you sure you have the right house?' Elizabeth whispered, because she instinctively felt the need to be quiet. A dog barked in the distance, then howled. A long, mournful baying filled the air. Madame looked around at the other houses on the street— all were dark and quiet. Returning her attention to Elizabeth, she whispered, I must speak to you about Lola. Looking around again, she added, I had to visit when I was least likely to be seen.
0: This reading of The Society was produced by Kiggs River Life and directed by Lori Lewis Hamm. The Society and other books by C. G. Abbott are available for purchase. You can learn more about this book and others by the author on the author's website, cgabbott.yolasite.com. Check out Kings River Life magazine's websites for more mystery, local theater, animal rescue, and so much more. kingsriverlife.com and krlnews.com. For more mystery fun, check out another very different sort of mystery and crime-related podcast, Criminal Mischief: The Art and Science of Crime Fiction, hosted by DP Lyle on Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. You can learn more about the podcast and find links to listen to other episodes at dplylemd.com/criminal-mischief.html. We'll be back next time with another mystery short story or mystery first chapter. Subscribe to our podcast to make sure you don't miss a single episode. And follow us on Twitter to keep up with everything KRL at Kings River Life. If you enjoy this episode, please rate or review it, as this helps make us easier to find. Until next time, this is your announcer, Jim Tuck, wishing you a life full of mystery.